Rodgers has it. Gives to Franklin. He no, dies. No, I don't think no, he got it. I no, don't think he got out, it. The ball is out. The Bengals have scooped it up. Burrow bouncing in the pocket. His throw caught at the 10-yard line. He's nice, nice. straight into the end zone. Touchdown, Bengals. It's a TD. Hello and welcome to episode 130 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. And guess what, folks? It's all over. You can breathe. You can relax. We have 10 new players on our rosters in new stripes as well. Isn't that exciting? Now, you've probably heard me, Paul Hirons, hello, uh, chatter relentlessly over the weekend during our daily breakfast briefings. Good morning, Bengals. I hope you tuned in and enjoyed those. But one person we didn't hear uh, from over the weekend, and he was conspicuous by his absence, was Nathan Palmer. But he's here now, aren't you, Nathan? I am indeed, lad. And you know what? There's a lot of talking heads on the internet these days, but I don't think anyone does it better than the old guard with uh, with me and you, son. So should we, should we cut through the noise here and delve into the draft? Well, there's a, there's a statement for you. Um Yes, let's. Uh, probably everyone's sick and tired of hearing about the draft, but we have managed to kind of sleep on it and relax and think about things. And uh, uh, you've been away at the weekend, haven't you? But you're back now. Um, so what what did you think about the draft? Because no one's heard what you thought. What what did you think? What does Nathan Palmer think of the Bengals draft? It's very solid, isn't it? I think the Bengals did a really good job. I think the, mo- the best thing that they did was that trade back in the second round to pick up a couple of extra fourth-rounders. I think going into the draft, this, the roster did feel a little bit thin and there was quite a few areas of need, certainly in the trenches, but also in skill positions as well. And I just think moving back down a few spots with the Patriots, still getting a quality offensive lineman in Jackson Carmen, um, and then obviously picking up those two extra guys in the fourth round, it just allowed them to a bit more flexibilities to where they could go with the picks. Um, very solid. I mean, it's, it's always... I think most teams around the NFL uh, are pretty happy with drafts. And, you know, I think naturally there's always that, like, warm, buzzy feeling um, after the draft. And obviously it'll take a few years to pan out. But I think most Bengals fans, um, obviously, you know, you've got an excellent player with Jamar Chase, which will headline the draft class. But all in all, to get 10 players, as you said at the, the start of the show, uh, is a good haul for the Bengals in positions of need. Were you were surprised that they took Chase in the end? There was some hope from us team no. Soulers that uh, they might take Soul, yeah. but they went Chase, and I think, you know, fantastic player, and I think he's going to be great. Um, but were you surprised by that? I mean, we, we, it was pretty nailed on, wasn't it? Let's face it. I don't think I was surprised. I think it really came, felt like that was going to be the move um, in the lead-up to the draft. I think the Bengals, not that they didn't hide the fact that, that that was the guy that they wanted, but there was a lot of chatter surrounding it was going to be Jamar Chase. I think they could have gone with Penisal and it would have been a very good pick and they could have picked up a receiver in rounds two or three and still been, you know, come out of the, uh, come out of the draft in a very, very strong place. But ultimately, I think you get a receiver in Jamar Chase that could be the number one guy here for the next eight to ten years, a bit like AJ Green did, a bit like Chad Johnson did. And I think for the Bengals with Joe Burrow, um, still relatively new and the teams are really doing more to reach out to the fans. I think it's a really exciting prospect as a fan to have this sort of potent offense and 
everything else um, to look forward to for the forthcoming years. So I, th- I, I really do think the Bengals done a good job with that. I think Mike, you can tell they must value the receiver position. Yeah, you know, it's been a long time really mm. since the Bengals haven't had sort of like a poster number one receiver type guy. Um, I think more than anything, you know, Prasol would have been a good player, but Chase is a sexy pick. You know, he's a person, he's someone you want on the back of your jersey. Um, and it'll be really, really exciting to watch him play um, in the upcoming season. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. And the gener- the excitement that's uh, been uh, on social media, because that is the apparently the barometer these days, um, is just off the scale, really. People are really excited to, to see this wide receiver core um, in action. And it does have shades of Chris, uh, Chris Henry and uh, TJ Hushmanzada and Chad Johnson um, and potentially even better than that, let's face it. 100 percent i think that's the exciting thing is that you've got not just obviously jamar chase coming in and a couple of sort of washed up vets behind him you've got t higgins who's you know the best part of the first round of last year at pick 33 who's looked fantastic thus far and obviously he's got you know a high ceiling there to improve and to get some more experience playing with joe burrow and arguably the best slot wide receiver in the nfl in someone like tyler boyd so extraordinary position for Joe Burrow to be in. You've got to think as well as Joe Burrow, someone that's going to benefit strongly from this is Joe Mixon. Mm. You know, not only have they retooled that offensive line, but you've got, you know, opposing defences now. I've got to cover three guys. You've got him coming out of the backfield. You've got the threat of the run. I just think all in all, on paper, that Bengals offence should be excellent. And I think it's going to put a lot of pressure now firmly on Zach Taylor because he's got no excuses. They're his guys. They're the people that he's drafted, brought in, it's his system. It's year three. Let's go. Were you surprised by any of the picks? I mean, Jackson Carmen was relatively surprising, I suppose. Um, it's odd with Jackson Carmen because he wasn't someone that you necessarily would have seen mocked to the Bengals very much. He wasn't someone people were talking about. Yeah, people like Alex Leatherwood that was much strong, more strongly linked, Sam Cosme and people like that. And even someone like Tevin Jenkins. I mean, a lot of people, if you'd said that he would have been sat there at the beginning of the second round, I think he would have been the sexier, more popular pick. But it was interesting that with Jackson Carmen, because obviously Joe Goodbury, just before I think the start of the second round, was talking about the Bengals, you know, him being someone the Bengals were quite interested in. And when the Bengals had someone like Tevin Jenkins there and traded back, you thought, oh, that's interesting. Because not a lot, you know, you'd imagine that a lot of other teams would have viewed people like Jenkins higher than someone like Carmen. But I think with the Bengals, you have to say, look, if that's the guy they want, Frank Pollock's banging the table for him. You've got the front office saying, yep, he's our guy. We've done our, we've done our homework. Here we go. And I think, obviously, as Bengals fans, when you look back on some of the picks they've had recently in the draft at offensive line, it does make you worry a little bit. But, you know, Frank Pollock's here. It's a new coaching system in place. Let's see what the guy's got. My my concern with Jackson Carmen is is that they're taking a tackle and trying to make him a guard. Um, that's yeah. my, they do love a project, the Bengals, don't they? They do. The and, line. and it it tells me that that's what they were after. They were after they were after interior help rather than tackle help. They were confident yeah. in Jonah Williams. They're confident in Riley Reef. They wanted interior help, and uh, but it was interesting they went with Carmen because, uh, they, as you said, they could have gone with Tevin Jenkins, but he's a pure tackle. And yeah, uh, yeah. whereas Carmen has got all the physical traits of a guard rather than a tackle. So um, that's interesting to me. And it is a bit of a risk. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I think it is still a bit of a risk. Um, but, I mean, obviously you wish him well and, he, you know, he could be there for the long term. You know what I mean? And hopefully 
as you say, with Frank Pollock's guidance, um, he could be our starting left or right guard, you know, and uh, and then suddenly you're looking at a, a line of Williams. You're looking at uh, Quinton Spain or Xavier Suofilo at uh, one of the guard positions. You're looking at Trey Hopkins when he comes back. You're looking at Jackson Carmen, a second rounder, and you're looking at Riley Reef, who was, I believe, a first rounder. So suddenly... The yep. line, if all goes to plan, the line looks a little bit better, doesn't it? Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm I wish him well, and uh, it's not my favourite pick, I have to say, because uh, I say I think there's a huge element of risk there. But then again, I suppose that's the draft. You know, you've got to identify your guy. I got a tweet from some random guy on before about an hour or so before he was picked, and he said, "Listen, the Bengals. Uh, what I'm hearing is." from a reliable source is that the Bengals <laughs> yeah, exactly uh, I li- the Bengals like someone and have a higher grade on someone than a lot of NFL teams uh, that's what I'm hearing someone that perhaps has been mocked in the third uh, they've got a really high grade on and they fancy him so watch this space and uh, he turned out to be correct really so there we go but then again you hear all sorts don't you, you hear you read subsequently that um a few other teams had high grades on Carmen and they they were all primed to take him um so you know the, the key thing is is that the Bengals liked him they like his his traits they like his uh, he's apparently he's really good mentally in terms of football IQ. Um, so you know if they if he was on their board and that's what they wanted, then uh, they not only managed to get him, but they managed to trade back and add a couple of fours, which was a nice little haul. Well, that, that's exactly the thing to think about. I think with the Carmen pick, if it was just if they're taking him without trading back, I'd have had some serious question marks about the pick because I don't think it necessarily would have uh, represented particularly good value. But to get two fourth rounders, I thought that was a pretty good trade from the Bengals because fourth rounders are guys that, you know, you're talking about people like Aaron Donald and Geno Atkins that have come out of the fourth round in the past. And that's a, a still a round where you can pick up some quality players. And to get two, plus still get Jackson Carmen, who the Bengals were saying, look, if we couldn't have traded back, we would have taken him there, which I thought was, cra- you know, very, very interesting mm-hmm. to think, you know, even with all those guys still on the board there, that he would have still been their pick regardless of the trade back. Um, but that was a quality trade. And like I said at the start, we need players. We need more depth on the team. We need some young blood coming in to sort of fill some of these gaps that we've got. And I think to get two extra players out of that, plus still get the guy that the team wanted, um, that really sort of sugarcoats it for me. Yes. Um, Okay, let's... uh, Another surprising pick, I think, was perhaps Tyler Shelvin. Not because he's not a good player, but because... They didn't really address the three-technique position. They went for another stout. And when I say stout, I mean enormous, man. (laughs) Uh, The no-tackle position, Um, which is interesting, really. And I do, thinking about it over the weekend, Tyler Shelvin went, went from being quite a surprising pick to actually this could be a genius pick because you look at what happened against Cleveland at Cleveland last year when um, we had a chance to get into the game quite late on and the Browns just completely uh, ran all over us. You know, Nick Chubb and, you know, their excellent running game. You know, we we really copped it against the Ravens last year and I still think that is etched in the minds of 
Lou Anarumu and um, and Zach Taylor. It's like we need to stop the run. And if we can play Reader and Tyler Shelvin next next to each other, uh, and then maybe I don't know, uh, you know, and Hogan Joby there as well. And then you know you could have ends like uh, Sam Hubbard and uh, Hendrickson uh, on those rundowns. Then that's quite that's that's already improved. I know Josh Tupu flashed, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. The Tyler Shelvin one seems surprising at the time, but I do think that could be a good one going forward if he, if he can... I mean, the thing is with him, by all accounts, is that there's a few motivational issues and there's a few weight issues as well. So if he can uh, get those sorted, I think he's going to be uh, quite a crucial piece going forward, actually. Yeah, absolutely. And then you look at that defensive line and it's just such a different unit than it was a year ago. Like you're talking about Josh Tupu, who's almost a forgotten man. He looked very good the season before last and obviously opted out due to COVID. So it'd be good to have him back. you got the splashy free agent signing and Hendrick and replacing Carl Lawson. And then obviously all the guys that um, have come in in the draft, plus Larry Ogunjobi that came in uh, from Cleveland. So a really different looking unit. And there's no... There's no doubt that that's been one of our biggest weaknesses, pressure in the quarterback, as well as blocking up those uh, run lanes, as you alluded to. So I hope the unit can gel. Um, obviously, it's a big job for Lou to get these guys on the same page, onto his system. But certainly the upside is there. The depth is there. Um, it's going to be interesting. I think that as much as it looks improved, and obviously as well, you're going to get another full season at DJ Reader. And he was the one guy that we signed last off season. That everyone was so excited about and obviously had his season cut short. So again, you've got him coming back. Is he going to be the same player after that injury? You'd hope so. Um, but it's still a bit of a question mark for me. I think whenever you bring in a load of new players, be it from the draft or free agency or whatever else, and, you know, gel them together, it's not that old unit of the past with Gino Atkins and Carlos Dunlap and, you know, the old guys sort of there that you knew were reliable and that could get pressure on the quarterback. It's very much a new bunch of lads. And I think whenever you've got a situation like that, yes, it, there's a high ceiling there. It could work out. You know, there's a lot of guys there with something to prove and have come in on big contracts. But at the same time, you know, are they going to gel? Are they going to like lose system? It's going to be an interesting one to watch. Yes. And, of course, the defensive line containing my favourite pick of the whole draft, I think, and that was Joseph Osai, the yeah. defensive end. I thought that was absolutely Brilliant value for where they got him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. To me, it could turn into a genius pick, another one, because he's kind of like for like with Carl Lawson. He's a similar size. He's got similar characteristics and traits. Um, He's going to be coming in on pass rushing downs. He's relentless. His motor is like just insane. And um, that could be a genius pick. You know, a lot of people worried that, you know, or kind of, you know, gave the team a bit of stick by not franchise tagging Carl Lawson and then eventually kind of not engaging in a bidding war. Um, but this could be a ready-made replacement and, you know, like much, much cheaper, obviously, because of the rookie contract. So I'm hoping that that turns out well because um, he could be he could be a game-changer because then suddenly you've got Hendrickson on the other side. You've got... Yep. Hubbard kicking inside on 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 passing downs, and then suddenly again, you like you said, it's kind of transformed. And um, the other guy that we drafted, uh, defensive end, you know, the last pick, the seventh pick, White Hubert, has got similar characteristics as well. He's kind of relentless motor guy, 
He's going to run all day. He's powerful. He likes making sacks and and uh, TFLs. So suddenly there's some pass rush help there. So yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. He was my favourite pick. I think the Joseph Osai pick. Yeah, he's. A, I mean, certainly, as you said, the the value there was excellent. A lot of people had him going in the second round. Um, add some youth, add some motor to that line. And the Bengals, I think that the way they look at that line is they want the motors, they want the high effort, the intensity. I think that's one of the key traits they look for rather than just in the past looking maybe for guys that's slightly, you know, more from an intangible perspective, like your six foot five sort of guys that they mould like Marcus Hunts, Michael Johnsons of the world. They're, they are looking for these guys that, you know, really can sort of put the effort in and run all day. So great value. Um I'm intrigued to see what he can do. And he's someone, again, that probably will be an immediate um, contributor and come in and, you know, play some snaps right away in the rotation. So, yep, excited to see what he can provide. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, But you throw in Cam Sample in there as well. Another defensive end who I think, and I might be wrong in this, but I think they're they're looking to kick him inside a little bit and almost play that three-technique position. Um. And suddenly that defensive line is is kind of full of depth and we've got, if everything works out and those new guys work out, we've got a pretty healthy rotation there. I, exactly. And it, it's very deep and there's a lot, but like I said, there's a lot of new lads there. It could really go one way or the other this. And I think what you've got to hope is that, you know, we've said this a million times, the Beng- this is not the Bengals' year. Like, they're not going to win it all this year. They could be, they could surprise a few people, you know, maybe go above 500, have a sniff at the playoffs potentially, but they're not really built to win it this year. I just think what you need to get out of these guys in the third, fourth round and stuff like that, obviously free agents as well, is you just need to get them in the team, embedded, learning the system and contributing with a ceiling to improve in years two, years three, you know, it, does, it took you, you look at someone like Carl Lawson, he didn't necessarily come in straight away and blow, blow it all up. You know, he had some injury problems and it took him a while. And a lot of players, it does take them two, three years to really get there. And that's where you've got to look at the Bengals windows in two or three years. And you want some of these young guys that have got high motors, as we've said, to really sort of hit their stride, get their NFL experience in, learn the system and really ultimately be good quality players. So, you know, that's what I'm hoping for this year is to get them some good experience, stay healthy um, and see what they can produce when hopefully we do have a better chance in sort of two, three years down the line. We added some offensive line projects. Deontay Smith, uh, more of a tackle than I think than anything else. And uh, centre stroke guard Trey Hill. But the one, the pick lower down that got everyone talking was Evan McPherson, the kicker, fifth round. And I loved it, and our own Jamie Rowe has been banging the drum for Evan McPherson for quite a long time. I know that you wanted them to draft a kicker. Well, you got one. What do you think? Fifth round. Favourite pick of the draft for me. Really? pick of the draft. Wow. Apart from, obvious, apart from the obvious Jamar Chase. Um, well, McPherson, I just thought was a brilliant pick. He's at first kicker off the board. They clearly went out there. They said, right, who do we want? They scouted him. Darren Simmons would have gone out, had a look, read, you know, watched the tape. And they got their guy. And I don't mind spending a fifth round at all. You know, if you look back at the Bengals history of fifth rounders, there's not too many um, quality tales in there. And you're going to bring a guy in who's got a massive leg, which I just think the way the NFL's going now, that's become a really, really big thing. Accurate. Whenever he did miss any kicks, it wasn't by a lot. Looks like a high character guy. Played at a big school at Florida. The upside and the potential were there. And if this guy can stick and he can really sort of get to work, 
he could be our kicker for the next 10, 15 years, you know, and I just think I've got no issue with drafting a kicker there at all, you know, even stuff like the kickoff specialist, if he's got big leg, you know, you don't have to worry about ready returns. Um, it brings field goals into play confidently from that sort of 54 to 58 range where in the past has potentially been an issue for us and forced us to do things that perhaps we wouldn't have wanted to do. So for me, it's great value. Um, you know, you're not, no one's jumped you in front of you and you've had to pick a guy that was sort of second, third on your list. You've pulled the trigger when you wanted to. And I think it's fantastic. You know, we've been banging on about Randy Bullock, Mike Nugent and these older guys in the past. We've never really had someone, I don't think, that the fans have been universally behind for a long time. So I think this is a really exciting opportunity to sort of rewrite the wrongs of the Jake Elliott situation um, and full, full marks for the Bengals on that pick. And of course, last year, dear old Randy, two calves, Bullock, missed some pretty crucial kicks, didn't he? I mean, we could have... We could have won a couple of games, more games, which sounds ridiculous. Let's not quibble over a couple of games. We were a losing team last season. But I'm just saying, you want a kicker in those situations to um, to really nail it for us. And I think uh, McPherson looks as though he's that guy. He, uh, As you say, he just gives us better options um, when it comes to 50, 55-year uh, yard field goal, do you know what I mean? It's not, not it, instead of punting, we're going to go for it on 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 yeah. with a kick. So yeah, absolutely. It's interesting actually. I think on my on the Bengals UK timeline at Huday underscore UK, of course, most I would say ninety five percent of the tweets I saw about Evan McPherson were absolutely positive. Whereas Lindsay, I think a few people tweeted out Lindsay Patterson included, our old friend Lindsay. Um. Kind of said, wow, you know, there's a lot of hate here for the kickers. And I think Jess Connolly as well uh, kind of said, wow, you guys need to kind of chill out. So there's obviously there was obviously a lot of opposition to the pick, but I certainly didn't see it and I certainly didn't feel it. I thought it was a great pick. And uh, I mean, I do, could... do you know what I like? The, 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 sorry, son. Do you know what I like the Bengals did as well is they come out and said, this guy, we project him to be the starter on opening day. And yeah. I think when they drafted Jake Elliott, there was that sort of competition in training camp and stuff like that and obviously I think it, you know not that you don't want to be putting pressure on your kickers because ultimately it's a stressful job and there's high pressure situations but I think there's a rookie coming in like with what Jake Elliott had he very limited preseason. you've got a few kicks here and there and you're going up against a veteran like Randy Bullock and I just don't think the Bengals gave him anywhere near enough of a chance and I think they've learned their lesson I don't think they're going to get him into some like dog fight with Austin Cyber and then you know Cyber has a really good pressure off sort of nothing to lose preseason. all of a sudden people are saying well you know Evan McPherson's missed a few kicks let's try and get him onto the practice squad like before and you end up losing him I just think that if you're the Bengals, you give the geezer the whole season. I don't care if he doesn't make one kick the whole season. I'm giving him the whole season <laughs> just to work his wrongs out, you know, get used to it, get his swing in the right place, get himself right. You know, it's his, it's his year. You know, like I said, I don't care how bad he is within reason. I think you've just got to say to him, it's your year, you're starting. We're not mucking about here trying to sort of, you know, bring people in to put pressure on you. Get yourself right. He's clearly a very talented lad. He's got a big leg. He's got a lot of potential. I just don't think we need to be unsettling him. It's up with Joe Burrow, you know. The geezer knows what he's doing. He's clearly your starter. You're not mucking about trying to, you know, say that Brandon Allen's going to compete for his job or anything silly like that. And I just think that's the confidence someone needs coming into the building, that you're not trying to sort of constantly vie for their job. And, like, you know, after a couple of bad missed kicks in the preseason, all of a sudden, you know, he's on the... 
he's on the practice squad. So I think that's a, that's a lesson the Bengals have learned from from the past there. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, Evan McPherson is the Joe Borrow of kickers. Um, <laughs> Well, if he's half as good as Joe Burrow, we're on to a winner. Now, I could rattle on the fact that one of my draft crushes, Chris Evans, was drafted by the Bengals, but, you know, I don't want to crow about that kind of thing. And um, But he was, and I feel quite pleased about that. It's quite smugly pleased, I have to say, because it basically never happens uh, very often. Um, you did you hear what you said? I was, I had a bit of a word. He rang up and said, look, Paul, I heard you on, on Cincinnati last week, and... Uh, do you know what? I need a running back, and you think Evans is the boy to go? And I said, "Well, I don't want to, you know, influence your decision, but yes, so you should pick him." And he said, "All right then." And then we just chatted for a while about, you know, our favourite biscuits, about, and, about fine uh, wines, fine wines, our favourite biscuits. So you know, I think uh, I gave the the Bengals, um, <laughs> I gave the Bengals uh, draft a B. Um, you give it something similar. I mean, it's it's quite astonishing to me. Not astonishing because we kind of hoped this would happen, but I did. I honestly didn't think they'd do it. Um, but they drafted one skill player right at the top of the the rounds, and then they just went all trenches right through until the kicker in uh, in round five. So that was something pretty amazing to me. And actually, I I take my hat off to them. Yeah, very similar to you, son. I'd add a plus to your B um, and give it a B plus overall. I, 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 it, they did the right thing. They addressed the trenches. They got a elite prospect at wide receiver in Jamar Chase. I would have, been, I would have marked them down for the Jackson Carmen pick for sure. But obviously, that trade all of a sudden it's like, well, you got Carmen plus you got the two guys in the fourth round. So across the board, that the kicker was a brilliant pick. I'm so pleased with that. I just think, like I said before, just perfect value at round five to get a guy that was the number one prospect in the class. I think that was excellent. And then the, they drafted positions of need. You know, they got that running back that I think people with Geo going needed. You know, we needed some depth there. They absolutely tooled both lines, um, the offensive and defensive with some quality players with fair, fairly good value. I think they did what they could. I, I, you know, unless there was some crazy sort of trade backs in the first round and, you know, you still got Saul or Chase at like eight or 10 or, you know, later than that and mm. were able to pick up a couple of seconds or whatever you were going to do, then, you know, maybe you could propel it up towards an A. But I think as far as they were concerned, they, very, very, very good draft. Um, we'll wait and see. You know, some of these guys, we're talking them up now and stuff. And we're in the reality is a lot of these guys are not going to make the team or they're not going to make the team in two or three years' time and they're not going to contribute. But ultimately, positionally, in terms of the value, I think they did well. So, full marks. Um, Favourite moment? I kind of missed, I have to say, um... I kind of miss like going into coaches' houses this year. I mean that Mike Vrabel shot. I kind of miss seeing something like that. You know these weird kind of people dressed in weird clothes, sitting around, standing around Mike Vrabel, and then someone in the background sitting on a toilet. Apparently, uh, I miss that. Uh, I miss Bill Belichick's Chris dog. Kingsbury's ass. Yeah, absolutely. I miss his rather lavish and very minimal catalogue house um you know i kind of missed that really and although there were some you know there obviously there was a restricted uh audience in cleveland and we did get to see lots of fantastic um draft call clips not not least our own jackson carmen who went 
absolutely nuts. And you can see how, how much it means to these guys, and especially someone like Carmen, who is a local Ohio guy, not far away from Cincinnati at all. He went to Fairfield High School, I believe. Um, so it means a hell of a lot. Uh, did you have any favourite... Well, Although I will say this, uh, let me just climb onto my soapbox a little bit. NFL Network basically missed out about three or four of the Bengals' picks. They went to commercials each time. We missed seeing uh, uh, Day Baby, the Bengals' fan of the year. We missed seeing Sean and his big moment. I was infuriated by that. And yes, you know, that clip is online, so I urge you to go and see it and, and send Sean some love on social media. But... Yeah, just like, oh, come on. Stop hating on the yeah. Bengals, for God's sake. I've had enough of it. But my biggest gripe with the, the draft coverage, I think they do a great job for the most part, but the fact that they talk about this NFL draft pretty much from, like, they start chatting about it at Christmas, and then it is just relentless coverage from then on until the actual draft itself. You know, talking about everyone from the first round to the seventh to, you know, anything you can think of. But yet when the actual draft is on for the, you know, the couple of hours that it's on across a few days, they find the time to miss some of the picks, which is the whole reason you do it. I just to me, every pick should be broadcast. I don't care if it's a seventh rounder. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. It should be on TV. You know, you pay to watch it. Put the ads in between. Like, cut out some of the needless like chatter about day Awful. one and two picks yeah. on day three. Yeah. Like these, this, you know, once in a lifetime moment for these guys. Fans of every team, me and you included, and other fans of other teams. We're sat there in the seventh. We want to know who we're picking. I don't care if I don't know who he is. Yeah. You know, I want to know that we've picked. Um, you know, one of these guys in the later rounds. I don't want to be sat there like listening to how the you know the Chicago Bears did so well to get Justin Fields. You know what I mean? I yeah. Think, you know, watching there was a lot. There was a lot. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> there was a lot of debate about uh, Aaron Rodgers sprinkled throughout there. I don't know. If it's a big news story, but come on, my yeah. my my team's pick is coming up. I don't want to hear him. Yeah. I don't could yeah. care less about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I want to see. Uh, Sean Moore go up to the podium and make his pick because I tell you what the guy from Black Owned who did the second round pick well, that was a brilliant moment yeah. and that was fa- fantastic and Absolutely. this is what fans of teams want to see that, that jacket that he was wearing was incredible as well expensive as well but there we go um, anyway I asked Duke Tobin to get you one so that should be in the post Cheers, um, medium is it uh, no, I think he went for an extra large. He saw a picture of you online and uh, he saw it was an extra large. So. <laughs> Too many men of braves. I know, tell me about it. Um, right, OK, let's get to our correspondence. Um, we are, of course, at today underscore UK uh, and we had a fine time this weekend, so I do hope uh, you in- all enjoyed our, um, our breakfast show. They were fun to do and, uh, you know, thanks to everyone who came on, Andrew Dockrell and Pete Danswell and Jamie Rowe, and thanks to everyone that took part in our pre-draft podcast, Dave Lapham and Joe Goodbury and our British uh, Bengals draft panel, Nathan Sangara, Liam Corlett. Um, lots of people to thank who got involved, and this is what we're all about. We're about giving people a platform to get involved, to air their views, you know. So if you do want to get involved, if you want to write blog posts, if you want to... Be involved in our video stuff. If you've got any ideas of content that you want to produce, you know, the the platform is here for you. So anyway, right. Um, let's go to Tyler Daniel at XAir underscore TD. Love it. 
The more 2019 LSE we inject into this team, the better. Um, the Bayou Bengals, basically, we are at the moment, aren't we? Um, Dom at Bumbling Bengal. Um, how would you rank our offence now with Chase and an improved O-line? Seem to be really heating up around 6-8, to eight, weeks 6-8. to eight. Now with a proper deep threat, I'm very excited to watch Burrow thrive. Hope you're doing well. It's not just that, Dom. I think uh, you know. Uh, I think it's all about improving Burrow's arm, not just getting a receiver that uh, is good downfield, and of course giving him some some time to throw the ball as well. We'll see whether our line is improved. You would hope so. You would hope that the addition of Frank Pollack is going to make a hell of a difference. You would hope that the addition of a new guard will will make a big difference. I still got a feeling, you know, our starting front five could still be something like Williams, Sir Filo, Hopkins, Spain and Reef next year if Carmen doesn't show yep. what his talent is or takes a bit of time to develop, you know. But equally, our our line could be Williams, Spain, Hopkins, Carmen and Reef, And then suddenly you think, OK, this is getting there, you know, so... There's a long way to go, basically. But on paper, yes, we we look as though we've improved. And, you know, let's hope we do because, you know, that, there's no clear-cut answers to that O-line at the moment, I don't think. But it's certainly moving in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. I think on paper, like you said, it looks a lot better. There's still a lot of question marks, not necessarily in terms of the talent, but just in terms of a few different bids. Obviously, you know, again, with any draft pick, there's no guarantee. There's a question mark with Jonah Williams. I mean, he's been, you know, been here two years now. He's not he's struggled to get, stay on the field. The big question mark, that I don't want to say this, but it's true, you've got to hope Joe Burrow's 100%. Because mm. it, it not only physically, but mentally, you know, you go and have your your knee touring off, your ACL and your MCL. And obviously he looks like he's having a fantastic recovery session. There's not going to be anyone that works harder to get back on the field than him. He'll be absolutely determined as ever. But it's a big injury, you know, and I, obviously you've seen people come back for it in the past, but that's a question mark, you know, and we can't look past that. Like, I'm hopeful that it'll be fine and it'll be the same guy as he was, but that's that's a big injury. You know, it's a serious thing to come back from, so we've got to see what happens there. But the main thing here that I think everyone's excited about and just to sort of spark that up is those three receivers and Joe Mixon. You know, from a skill perspective, it's very, very exciting. Three absolutely quality. I mean, to, to think that probably you'd say Tyler Boyd is your number three wide receiver is incredible. You know, he's probably almost certainly, I would say, the, you know, the best number three on paper wide receiver in the NFL. You know, he's experienced. He's fantastic. Thousand-yard seasons here and there. You know, he's really come on as a prospect and a player. So, from that perspective, yeah, it's, it's extremely exciting. And I think I agree with the point. The Bengals really, at points last season, their offense was really clicking. You know, it looked like it was coming in. We were scoring points. It was, you know, mostly through the air. Very, very exciting. So you add someone like Jamar Chase to that. You give it a slightly better offensive line. You hope the injuries aren't as severe. And potentially, whisper it, it could be pretty dangerous. Matt Moon at Matt Moon. Interested to see how drafting two edge in the first four rounds might help. Get the best out of Trey Hendrickson. Enjoy the Good Morning Bengals draft recap episodes. Already looking forward to seeing the new Bengals in the new stripes in week one. Who day and who day to you, Matt? Yeah, I mean, Trey Hendrickson really flourished uh, when he had good complementary pieces around him, didn't he, uh, in New Orleans. 
And I guess the hope is now that now he's got some support on the other side um, that he might flourish again in Cincinnati. I mean, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, it always helps, doesn't it, when you've got some good players so you're not getting double teamed and you've got some, oh, crucially, some time to take a bit of a breather and know that the guys coming in are still going to be doing the work. So, yeah, a lot of, you know, it's, it's a lot of these guys, as I've said a few times, very raw, got some potential. Hopefully they can contribute straight away. Um, and it's going to, like I said, be a very new look Bengals defensive line for the coming season. Robert Weintraub at Rob Wine. Jamar talking, his favourite moment in the draft was Jamar talking Spanish at his first presser, but not dropping the word Ocho Cinco was a surprise. Would you, what would you do in your first, if you were drafted, what would you do in your first draft presser, do you think? Well, it depends, uh, depends what sort of position you are, doesn't it? Like, I feel like if you're someone like Jamar Chase, it's all about a swagger, isn't it? You know, you're the first mm. receiver off the board, you've... You've had a quality career at LSU. You won a national championship. You got drafted number five. You got a fancy white suit on. You know, I think you'd, I think you would be rolling out some pretty lavish stuff. But if you were offensive lineman, I'm not sure you could quite get away with that sort of level of, uh, <laughs> of swagger. But yeah, tough one, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I'd like to come out and speak Italian or something like that and just confuse everybody, but make me look quite cool um, or an idiot. That's probably more likely, let's face it. Uh, Peter Danswell at Dadders, my thoughts on the draft. Loved the whole process this year. More fan engagement than ever before. Now it's over. Crank up the mock draft machine for 2022. No, Pete. Pete, no. Step away from the simulator. Too early. Too early, I think. Um, Steve at Mulligan523. Still holes in the roster. Wide receiver depth. Tight end Moss is injured all the time. No, sorry, Moss injured all the way through uh, 2019. Uh, three tech DT none. Well, we have we got Mike Daniels. Don't forget and Ogan Joby, um, and veteran offensive tackle backup Adenergy Johnson aren't enough. Also, not thrilled with the running backs behind Mixon. Any vet salary cap casualties that can fill these gaps. Um, Steve, you don't half good know points. good points, but you don't half know how to bring us back down to earth, don't you? But yes, all very fair points, I think. And uh, I mean, certainly, I thought they would draft another speedy, sort of gadgety, slotty uh, wide receiver in the sort of Alex Erickson mould. I know we signed a guy, yeah. uh, um, or have we signed him yet? I don't know. Rumored to have signed a guy in uh, an undrafted free agent, but. Uh, tight end, yes. I mean, I still, I know it's it's cool to sign another LSU guy, but you know this guy was injured a lot last year. Was injured a lot in twenty nineteen. He's, uh, he's undrafted free agent as well. Exactly. There's then nothing, there's a reason, yeah. a reason for that, isn't there? So I wouldn't pin all your hopes on Thaddeus Moss. Um, no, not at all. Uh, as for a three tech, I think I think I don't know. Uh, Daniels is backup three tech at the moment, but. Who knows? They might sign Gino again. I don't know. You just don't know, do you? Because interestingly, um, the old uh, free agency periods uh, opens up again now, I believe, today, Monday, the 3rd of May, and then we've got roster cuts coming up. So, I, And Zach Taylor said it in his press conference with a wry smile. I think he will address uh, uh, a couple of positions. Linebacker, a veteran linebacker being one of them, I think. 
Like linebacker, I think they have to. I think. I mean, I was, I was pretty stunned that they didn't take a linebacker at any point during the draft. I just felt like that was a real position of need for them. Um, and I think almost certainly you're going to see a veteran um, in that position coming back before the start of the season. Um, but I all think the, the points are very fair. I do think with the Bengals, the depth is the issue. I think if you look on the offensive line, were Riley Reef to get injured or Jonah Williams to miss some time again, I think you know there are no sort of quality. Um, veteran backup options on the roster, wide receiver. I mean, wide receiver, I think you're okay, but I do think that once you get in, obviously behind Tyler Boyd, you get to the Alden Tates and stuff like that. You're really la- you know lacking um, the sort of desired quality you'd want at the position. But like I said, you can't build you can't build it all in a day. You know, it's going to take a couple of draft classes here of quality prospects to really sort of move us forward. And that's why it's, this draft really is so crucial because if it is a good one and you've got ten players there, and out of those players you can get you know at least sort of four or five really good contributing starters on the team, potentially some Pro Bowlers with someone like a Jamar Chase, um, maybe Jackson Carmen, who knows? But if you can get some quality talent there, then it sort of sets you up quite nicely with some free agent additions to make a run in the next couple of years. So that depth will come with a couple of good draft classes and it will come with the the, uh, the previous draft just gone. Those guys taking steps forward um, this year as well. So, yeah, let's wait and see. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting, isn't it? I mean, I think they will uh, um, address uh, or at least add another few free agents. They've certainly uh, kept some money uh, back over um from the free the, the first second waves of free agency so it's interesting jess aka mrs obvious at the who bay and uh jess and uh uh it's, it's did some I, I might be a regular thing tigress talk uh sort of a video podcast a vodcast uh over the weekend and that was fantastic so congratulations jess on that hope to see that again soon i loved it all I especially enjoyed watching your morning after reactions. My favourite pick was probably Joseph Osai. Uh, here, here, Jess. Well, yes. Uh, Russell Ziski at Russell Ziski 7 Loved that they did not listen to the experts and stuck to their plan. Loved the chase and Osai picks. Liked the trade down in the second round for more picks. Jury still out for me on the Carmen pick. Felt they may have reached a hair on this one. I think that sort of echoes how I feel, really. Uh, we Again, we wish Jackson Carmen well, and we hope he fulfills the potential that the Bengals saw in him. But, it's uh, yeah, anyway, let's not go around in circles too much. Rob Hill at 3003 Rob liked the trade back. I think the more picks you have, the more like you are that some will come good. The more I listen to experts, the more I like Carmen. Faye pick probably sample after Chase, of course. Um, Sands at Bengals underscore Sands and I must say this guy if you're not following Sands follow him he's brilliant with film breakdowns and he's really accessible and uh, he's a good guy so we might even get him on the podcast at some point soon Tyler Shelvin is a beast at nose tackle can't wait to watch him and I think I, I like I said earlier I think you know going forward that that might have been a slightly head scratch head scratching pick to begin with but Tell you what, if you team him up with DJ Reader, not many fellas are getting through there. I don't care who you are. <laughs> Two big lads, aren't they? I Two wonder with the Tyler Shelvin. <laughs> I do wonder with the old uh, Tyler Shelvin pick if Joe Burrow had any 
input on that. Probably not. It's not his area of expertise necessarily. But no. you wonder if the Bengals sort of got in his ear and just said, you know, what's this geezer like? What's he about? Oh, you yeah. Know? I'm sure. I mean, sure. Um, well, you, what, you, why wouldn't you? Do you know what I mean? If you've got a guy yeah. that's played with him and you quite fancied, uh, fancied his teammate, then you're going to have a word with him, aren't you? You, you know, I, I yeah. don't think there's any problem with that. Um, thank you for all your film breakdown, Sands. James at Baggett Disco. Um, I'm glad we added a lot of depth to the D-line. Love Jackson Carmen's reaction to being drafted by us. And I think Joseph Osai is a steal. Uh, Sam Mullen at Sam underscore Mullen 28. Hearing the idea that Sample can add weight and play three technique makes me feel better about this class. And the fact that most outlets didn't absolutely destroy this chase picks felt like justice. Not sure they got great value with each pick, but they took care of needs. And I think that's a really good point. Um, yeah. Bleacher Report did actually slate us. Uh, two, I think they gave us two Fs in a row for the chase and the Carmen pick. So, go. journalism to give. How can you give an F for the I consensus mean, number one wide receiver? Even if you think there was another position of need there. The Bengals needed a wide receiver. The guys almost universally heralded as a fantastic soon to be like pro bowl talent at the re- receiver position if you even just hated it and was so hell-bent on this narrative that you know old burrow's knee got tore out you have to draft an offensive lineman you give it a c because he's a quality yeah, player yeah if we've got an if we've got and take elijah moore or someone just a bit random at five give it an f but you can't give someone an f for taking a guy that is that good and that talented you know, university. I just think sometimes, like the fact we've even given them some air by mentioning the name I know. on the podcast. Bleacher Report, all- if you're <laughs> listening, go fuck yourself, all right? You're <laughs> shit and a disgrace to journalism and a disgrace to draft evaluation. And I'm not bleeping that out either. Um, but interestingly, though, isn't it interesting or, you know, absolutely typical that uh, the Dolphins, who statistically have a worse offensive line than us, didn't get slated for take, not taking Rashawn Slater, for instance, or Penny Saul after us, uh, but they got universally praised for taking Jalen Waddle. So, mm. you know, I'm, I'm just making the point. I'm just making the point, Nathan. Do you know what I mean? But, but you know, that website I just mentioned, stick it up your ass. Um, right, well, the draft is in the books, and I'm fed up of talking about it now. I'm sure you are too. Um but uh, probably will talk about it soon. We've got the schedule release coming out next week. That's exciting, isn't it, Nathan? It is indeed. It's funny this off-season, isn't it? Cause it's always a bit... You think it's going to be quiet. And you've got free agency, you've got the draft, you've got the schedule release. Ring of Honour, new gonna, uniforms. We're not going to get a break for a while. The new uniforms, we're not going to get a break for a while here, I think, my son, are we? Bring it on, that's what I say. It's always fun to do these and always fun to talk Bengals. So I hope you enjoyed our draft coverage i want to call it um we'll be back obviously we'll settle down a bit more we've got some summer stuff planned and who knows what might happen in the autumn with the whole covid situation hopefully calming down over here Uh, um but yeah um we'll be back next week and we'll be previewing uh the schedule launch and you know certainly with the bengals uh increased social media output and the overall standards so much higher than a couple of years ago i'm quite intrigued as to what they're going to do this year not that it makes too much of a difference but anything's got to be better than who day on a scooter hasn't it 
apart from you on a scooter, my lad. I apart think, from uh, me on a scooter, yeah. There's been some murmurs about that. Uh, yeah, I feel sorry for Who Day. I do. Not only has Jamar Chase come along and nicked his number one jersey. Yeah, it's true. He's not going to have a look-in on the schedule release. I mean, he's in some park with a brown paper bag and drinking on a park bench at the moment, <laughs> lamenting <laughs> his what happened. What happened to his career? He's got to be one you know, bitter man. I wouldn't be surprised I, if he goes off the rails, poor, poor Tiger. That'd be, wouldn't that be quality social media content? To see who day like, go off the rails slowly over the next month and then get drunk and fight Jamar Chase for the number one jersey. I would and they're like, they're like put, him out, put, put him out for the season. and uh... <laughs> <laughs> A savage elbow drop straight onto his knee puts him out for the year. Oh, that's the kind of drama that you want, isn't it? Blind me. <laughs> that's certainly fill an off-season worth of podcast for us, wouldn't it? 100%. Preview the Houday versus Chase fight. But I do feel sorry for Houday. His jersey's gone. He's starring He's role. On hard times, isn't he? The starring role in the, in the, in the schedule release is gone now, and uh, I think we should launch some sort of appeal for Who Day to get him I out. I completely pray, agree. Pray for Who Day. All Hashtag like, pray for fancy, Who Day. <laughs> all these like fancy young social media execs the Bengals are hiring in, all these video producers, content producers. You know, you feel for Who Day, didn't you? He's been there from the start. He's been. Firing fans up on the side for all these years. We've you know, met him. All the he's come. He's come to London. Yeah, he's met him. That's what I mean, he's flown over here for us, and yeah. all of a sudden, the Bengals just think they can hire some video producers in, put some snazzy graphics out there, and the geezer's not involved anymore. Apparently, apparently in London, he ended up in Soho, one of those clubs, and was found in a gutter in. Uh, in room, a stressful job. on Greek Street about four in the morning, had to, was arrested and uh, we had to bail him out on Sunday morning. We barely got him to Wembley Stadium in time, Paul Houday. So he <laughs> has got off Road for a quick <laughs> He's got he's got that in him to do to go off the rails. We've seen him, Nathan. We've seen him party. Uh, um, we're obviously talking nonsense, um, but uh, yes, we'll be back next week. It's time to go. We hope you enjoyed the draft. We hope you're happy with all the picks. Uh, let's wish them all the best, uh, best and welcome all the new players to the team. Um, but, yeah, that's about it. Until next week, <laughs> you know, it's a who day for me. And a who day for me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.